Hey everyone, Tenry here, and today we are here at the SunCloud Eindhoven HQ, and we are meeting up with uh, Rob, the co-founder and CEO of SunCloud. Let's do it. And uh, yeah, with the SunCloud, you are now one of the companies who are helping the e-commerce players to yeah do their deliveries and shipments and all of that. Uh, and you are kind of like the the perfect startup, I would say, for the Netherlands. Because you, you started like young uh, during your studies, then like uh, you found the co-founders or your, also your, your friends, and then like you did the accelerator, angel investments, regional fund, <laughs> proper investments, and then like yeah, SoftBank and like I guess IPO soon. So yep. this is like a and your B two B software startup with AI. This is like you are like the perfect yeah Dutch Dutch, Dutch startup. It's really cool. Well, not startup anymore, but yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks, thanks. Yeah. I don't feel like that, but uh, I can imagine that it looks like that. So I feel that we, uh, of course, we are there to help e-commerce stores to grow and to compete with uh, with the largest ones of the world, right? So with Amazon's, with the Ball.coms in the Netherlands, <laughs> and um, yeah, we did quite some investment rounds. Yes, we did uh, the, all the uh, all the accelerator stuff. It was also quite a nice experience. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. and your yourselves are from Dern, yeah. Yes, I'm from Dern, and it's a, it's a small village in uh, yeah, 20 minutes from Eindhoven. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, were you and Bas like neighbors or something like that? <laughs> it's bigger than that, so there are more than two people in Dern. But um, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we met at uh, at high school, so in uh, in the in the second in second grade of high school. So since I think we were 13, mm -hmm. uh, we've been friends ever since. So that's now uh, yeah, 17 years ago. And, um, and Sabi I met at, uh, at the T-Mobile in Eindhoven. He was, uh, was my side job, his as well. Selling phones, accessories, contracts, in a shop. It was quite interesting, right? So you learn a lot about people and every, because every different kind of people comes to the, to the telephone store, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's like people management skills, now version one. Um, how, to, uh, how to deal with all kinds of different, uh, different questions, sales. Uh, 101 so it's actually a really nice job to start in mm -hmm. yeah because you're the the, the 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 gank is the all international business kind of uh, background well the business background yeah so study actually uh, i was the only one that finished the studies so i did uh, that uh, that's why i'm the ceo i did the uh, uh sabi uh, sabi did like six months of studying but it's not for him mm -hmm. he's more of a practical guy more of a sales uh, sales oriented person he's like studying that's not my thing um and Boss uh, only needed to finish his, the his thesis hmm. on uh, he's doing business economics or accountancy or whatever you want to call it. And it took him six years to realize he's never going to finish his thesis until he quit the, the school. So he paid, he paid the 2,000 euros, you know, college money for over six years. It was quite a... I, I bullied him a lot with it. It was funny. So um, it was a good time. But uh, yeah, so I'm the only one that finishes studies. I'm also not somebody who likes to study. Mm -hmm. It uh, was a bit boring. Therefore, we actually started an online store because we were bored, mm -hmm. and uh, and that kind of escalated, right? So the thing grew. So we're selling phone accessories. The thing grew 30, 40 orders uh, a month, uh, a day, and uh, 50k in revenue even. Yeah. Like. So first year was 50k in revenue. But keep in mind, the the these things cost 20 cents, yeah. and we sell them for like 10, 15 euros. So we were very rich students. <laughs> Pretty good. But we, ne we never actually took any money from it. So we kept all the money in the business and eventually you'll use all of the money we made there and invested it in, uh, in SendCloud. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah, also back in those days, uh, while students, of course, a lot of students say like, oh, I want to make money and stuff, but like you just started with this. Yeah. 
Was it just like a random idea uh, or did you like a... Kind of. Bas came up to me and he said to me, um, Rob, uh, you know, there's this thing called Groupon and uh, we should do a Groupon deal. Okay, yeah, why not? Yeah, there's like we this iPhone 4 docks, small, you can put them in, uh, they were really cheap in China, he said, like a dollar and you can sell them for 14 and we do a Groupon a deal if we sell them for eight or five. Well, we sell a thousand of them, nice, uh, 500 euros each. <laughs> then we called Groupon, a boss called Groupon, and they told us, you need a business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh shit, okay, you need a business for that. Yeah, no, no. Next day, Chamber of Commerce, call Groupon again, we have a business, can we now do the deal? No, you need an online store, god damn it. So then we, then we actually were like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do this more seriously, right? So that's, that's how we, we kind of rolled into it and then started the online store, started building it more seriously, purchasing stuff, uh, having a bit of a warehouse, right? Hmm. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how we started with, uh, with the online store. So it wasn't like, oh, let's, it yeah. was actually a really simple plan. So uh, it's really small, start small, and then it kind of grew from there. Mm -hmm. So it was like online store, study, and also the T-Mobile kind of yes, like all the sales yes, work. Yes, all the same. So uh, it was actually a really nice time. Mm. Um, juggle a lot of different things. So uh, we used our T-Mobile money to fund the online store and bosses mm -hmm. worked somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Also sales, yeah. Yeah, but he, yeah, he did sales for uh, or yeah, more of an advisory thingy, selling TVs or something in Media Markt. And uh, we ended up drinking everybody, every single one of us in, in Eindhoven City Center every uh, Friday evening and Saturday, talking usually about business mm -hmm. or, or how to scale something or, uh, yeah. yeah. So that that's, yeah, was a good time. Really cool. Busy and, though. And, and you and Sabi were in the same T-Mobile team, yeah? Yeah, in the same T-Mobile store. The first time I met Sabi, the guy had really slick back, long hair, shining, gold chain. It's like, what the fuck, who's this guy? And then, uh, then I was like, oh. It's probably like a douchebag, you know? So uh, I should say that, but that's what I thought. And then uh, I worked with the guy for two times, like, oh, that's actually a really nice guy. And then I learned a lot from him because people were literally in line for Sabi. They only wanted to be held by Sabi. So like, what the fuck? how does he do that? He really has something, uh, something special with people and relationships. And um, yeah, then we, and then indeed we kind of became friends, went out drinking. He had an online store, we had an online store. So uh, yeah. Well, I heard he doesn't have his gorgeous hair anymore. Yes, oh, yeah, you, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's growing back. It's growing back. So we had a bet, right? So uh, um, it's not good actually. We, we had a bet. So if we would raise less than a hundred million, mm -hmm. I would grow my hair as long as Sabi's, which mm -hmm. is near to impossible, right? So that that will be fucked up. <laughs> and if uh, yeah, if I if I want, I would shave his head. Uh, luckily, uh, it's for the good of the world that I uh, that I won, and, uh, and uh, Sabi has no longer hair. Yeah, <laughs> he found it really painful though, I can imagine. which makes it even more fun. <laughs> That's really but good. it looked it looked good. It looked good. Yeah. And then yeah, three three of you yeah uh, started working on the SoundCloud because yeah, the the shipping back in the day was really shit. Yeah, basically. Yeah, so shipping was really crappy. So you you, you can imagine, right? So uh, uh, I was lucky not doing the shipping. So boss was doing it. I did it sometimes when he couldn't. Mm -hmm. So uh, you imagine we come to our warehouse thingy, there are all the, f there are thousands of phone cases and we need to pick, pick or pack 30, 40 of them. So how it used to work is like we, look, there's in our system, we know exactly which orders are, are there to be picked, they're all paid, they're ready. And, uh, and then we needed to, for example, uh, pick it, pack it, put it in like an envelope or a box. And then print the shipping label nah, that was copying and pasting into like a from our online store to a Windows program with the Dutch Post or an online portal of DHL. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that was already annoying because you also need to size, weights, email address, phone number, so lots of shit. Copy and paste it. Need to go through like three steps to get a shipping label. And then uh, in some cases you would still need to go to the store and pay uh, in the store. So you get a receipt, tracking code, you get the tracking code in the store, you fucking fill the tracking code in your online stores. It was stupid. Mm -hmm. So at one point I was like, yo, we can automate this process. Can't be that hard. And, uh, and then we, we, uh, we kind of started there, yeah. So um, I wrote a 15-page document on how to automate it and what kind of platform it should be. Went to a good friend of ours and uh, said, ah, yo, can you build this? And the guy's like, well, I never built anything like this. I built websites, but oh, I can try. It's interesting. And three weeks later, we were, uh, yeah, we were in our MVP, right? So we uh, had a Magento connection to the Dutch Post and uh, it started from there. And all that for a crate of beer? It was, it was an iMac screen, mm -hmm. eventually, uh, a crate of beer and 50 euros. That's how we did it when we were students. And that was a lot, iMac screen was expensive, like a thousand or something. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. with this first product then, I guess you didn't get the, all the clients right away? No, it, we went, it went slowly, right? So uh, mm -hmm. you, because you, you have a kind of a niche, which is like, okay, Magento is a store, online store system, connected to the Dutch Post. So you will only get these customers. We could only ship inside the Netherlands. Uh, you can't imagine today is, it would be totally ridiculous, but you can only ship inside the Netherlands. And, um, but it worked quite, quite well. So we just called, we, we called customers saying, yo, we have, you have probably have this problem. Mm -hmm. we, have your same, we have the same online service system as you. How do you ship your stuff today, right? And then they're like, yeah, this, this, this. Oh, how about A, it's going to be cheaper. B, it's going to be way more simple and you save a lot of time. Oh, mm -hmm. why not? Mm -hmm. So we got a lot of customers in uh, in that way, and uh, and also of course I did. I think it would probably still be there somewhere. I did like a beta testingy of our stuff on a e-commerce forum mm -hmm. in the in the Netherlands, and also there we got quite a lot of customers and feedback. So you can see our early feedback on our platform. Uh, it's still there somewhere. Really cool. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, cause, but it was so early, so how, how did you keep up as well? Were you just working 24-7 as young guys? Yeah, yeah so we, of course we had, we had I, I never really went a lot to, to, to the university, right, to the school. Mm -hmm. So for, I was kind of, uh, yeah, I parked that a bit. Mm -hmm. So I um, worked a lot on the, on the store. I think that was priority number one. Then I also did the T-Mobile stuff, which was kind of priority number two. And then also we, we still had to go out with friends and have some fun as well. So uh, we were busy. I wouldn't say 24-7, but usually from, um, let's say, 8 in the morning until 10, 11 in the evening. But it was fun, right? So we did it with friends. It was nice. We had a beer at, uh, at 8 or something, and we still worked a bit. So uh, it was a lot of work, but it was enjoyable. Mm. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking about it now more positively than I thought about it then. <laughs> Romanticize the time. Yeah, sometimes it was hard work. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And, uh you also joined like a like an incubator, yeah. Yeah. So after starting uh, two years into the business of SendCloud, right? So mm -hmm. we were um, having quite some revenues. Things were growing, and then at one evening, I came across like a incubator or accelerator. I was like, "What the fuck is that? I have no idea." So I looked it up, started bootcamp. Hmm, seemed interesting to me. Checked it out a bit. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna send an application. Did that, got a call, and then uh, I was like, okay, I know what you are, you're invited to Amsterdam for pitch days. I'm like, pitch days, what is that? Okay, we Googled it. Okay, good. Hey guys, we're going to Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. Nice, we didn't have any slides prepared. That's just how we, we did things back then. 
today is more professional. Yeah. Then the Venice Live part, we went into the city because, oh, Amsterdam Live, yeah, we can go in the city, have some drinks. Escalated a bit, so we came over to the pitch days, massive hangover. Classic. And then uh, I remember we, we rock, paper, scissors who, do the, who did the pitch, boss did the pitch. And uh, I remember the comments and the comments were like, I don't know exactly what you're doing, but you're having revenues and we really like that. And we didn't have slides or anything. Okay, good. So uh, yeah, we kind of rolled through that. And we went back, we, we passed the first uh, first pitch stuff. And um, that's how we, we kind of rolled into the accelerator. I, I remember saying to Boss and Sabi, we're never gonna do that. We're never gonna give equity mm -hmm. for this much equity for an accelerator. But then uh, I think the, the back then the founder started bootcamp, Patrick, Patrick Dezeo, it made us kind of reconsider. Uh, I remember him calling us when we were saying, we, we were sitting like this on a video call. It's like, we're not gonna do it, guys. Mm -hmm. And then he would call us, he was super enthusiastic. And then we were like, oh, yeah, see you in Amsterdam. <laughs> so yeah, we did it anyway. So I kind of rationalized it for ourselves. Like, okay, you know, if you want to get an investment round, it's better to have a massive interest. So the 8% of equity we then gave away, um, we kind of got back in the in the first investment round otherwise we would have uh, probably diluted way more for the first uh, for the first capital and back in 2014 when we did acceleration uh, program it was still quite how should i say there were not many mm -hmm. and it was still quite a good club to be in and for example we had in during our demo day 44 investors wanting to invest yeah that's what you want Sick. and um and then you can yeah negotiate very well mm -hmm. so that's uh that's how that formed, uh, formed a bit. So the acceleration program was actually really nice for us. We learned a lot. We didn't know about investors. We didn't know about uh, convertible notes, uh, how to structure, mm. how to pitch. I really hated to, to put, be put on stage. So uh, yeah, learned a lot of stuff over there. Mm -hmm. Just in between, I guess, because a lot of people, like also young entrepreneurs ask like, oh, should I like join this accelerator incubator? What's your opinion? If you're a first-time entrepreneur and you, you never you never raise money, you uh, you don't have a lot of advisors or you don't have some, some people around you. Mm -hmm. I think it, it doesn't hurt. 8% uh, equity is a lot though. Mm -hmm. So uh, if it less is better. Mm -hmm. um, and also not all acceleration programs have the same level of quality. So back then the Startup Bootcamp, still the founders of Startup Bootcamp were in our program actively working. They were super connected. That really helped us a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so um, yeah, it depends on the quality of the program, how much equity, and your own experience, right? Mm -hmm. so, for us, it was a, uh, I think it was a good move. Okay, yeah. under 8% though, yeah. Yeah, and preferably, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, with the angel investors, how did you, what, what, what was, because that was the next stage, how did you pick them? What was the criteria? So we first always look at, okay, what kind of people are they? So are these nice people to work with? What if times, what if we, uh, what if we blow up and uh, ruin their money, right? So. Mm -hmm. um, so we first looked at the people, then of course there's like a kind of value add. So can they add value? For example, one of our first uh, first um, angels was the ex-CFO of Ziggo. So that helped us a lot in structuring our financial planning, making proper forecasts, professionalizing the, the finance area, which was good. Um, yeah, so... Um, that was the second, and of course, there's also valuation. How much equity do they want? What's the amount of money they can put in? Can they invest another time? Mm -hmm. So these are all the other considerations you you have. But we really liked the the, the, the two which which invested in us at the start, mm -hmm. and of course we could pick a lot of them because we were in the in the startup bootcamp. 
So, um, yeah, we're actually really happy with them. They're still actually shareholders. So, yes, wow. yes. So they're actually, I think they're they're quite happy. Pretty cool. If I look at their returns, it's a thousand x. Fair enough. And I guess they'll still stay because this probably is going IPO at some point. Yes, the the goal is to IPO eventually, right? So I think today the market is very it's not open to IPOs, right? But mm -hmm. I, I believe in 25, 26, we will. Uh, yeah, we're gonna aim for an IPO. Sounds cool. And I guess yeah, you, you, you kept growing, you kept getting revenues. At some point, you should we take VC in or should we not? No, uh, this is interesting. So mm. once you're on the investor IV, I call it, like, um, then it's very hard to to step away, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're living, you're you're ex you're spe expending more. Your 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 costs are higher than your revenues because you you keep on. Uh, you're on the you're on the IV. That's what yeah. I uh, what I usually say. So. Once you have the first round in, there will be a next round, and there will be a next round. Unless you choose, right? Okay, we're gonna maybe slow down grow, slow down our growth. Um, yeah, so we, we we actually burned cash. We needed another round. That's that's how simple it was. Burning cash. We need another round, or we need to slow down. And I I don't like to slow down, so I don't wanna. I want to grow fast. I want to be the leader, in, at least in, back then in Europe, but today I think in the rest of the world. So. Slowing down wasn't really an option for us, so that meant more money. Mm -hmm. So we did, I think, consecutive six, six or seven rounds in total, which is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and the last round was, of course, in SoftBank and El Caton, which came at a really good time. Peak COVID, e-commerce exploding, volumes exploding, revenues exploding. So then you can get a really good valuation, really good investors, and a really lot of money. Mm -hmm. uh, before we, we we struggled a bit always, right? So we uh, we always raised. And they're always good investors and good people. But it's not that we had 15 investors lined up. Here's a term sheet drop, you pick. And uh, we had like two mm -hmm. or three. And then usually we spoke to like 40, right? So uh, it's not always that it's really, really, really easy. Mm -hmm. And we usually also got less money than we actually wanted. So I set out to raise uh, 3 million, for example, and we end up with 1.5. Mm-hmm. Not that it's bad. It's a lot of money you can, you can, you can build, but y your, your plan is three. I guess that's the usual advice is always like raise, ask advice, that the double what you need. Yeah, yeah no, I wouldn't say actually ask what you really need uh, because they will they will see, right? So they, they can look into your financials. It's like, okay, yeah, why does this person need 3 million euros? It doesn't make any sense. So ask what you need, maybe. Um, and then if it's a competitive investment process, then uh, you can automatically, you will get more. You can get more. So if there's like seven or eight of them wanting to get in, They'll be like, yeah, can I put in a little bit more? Or uh, it's a different dynamic. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't uh, over over raise or anything. Mm -hmm. Which round was most difficult for you to raise? I think the um, yeah, was it the Series A? I don't know how to call it, but it was it like Series A? I think where we did the, where I wanted a three million, got a one point five, and then um, how should I say? We ended up uh, not paying ourselves for six months because we didn't want to tell our people. We, we could see it coming, right? That it would take a long time. And, uh, and we did quite some financial tricks to, to stay alive, just because we, we knew the round was coming in, but it take, took longer and the people were, in, the investors know that, right? So they feel a bit, oh, they're kind of, uh, they're gonna need the money soon. They all see the P&L, they do due diligence. That was a really hard one, actually. So um, even, and also one deal fell through, which we expected to, uh, uh, to sign. So um, that was a hard one, but eventually we figured it out. But there were the early rounds were always quite hard, actually. 
And um, also in 2014, 2015, there was not a whole lot of VC money still, not large funds in the Netherlands. The Americans were not investing here. Mm -hmm. So it um, makes a large difference. Mm -hmm. I would say the, the situation which you had in 2020, 2021, yeah, it was extremely good for entrepreneurs. I would say today it's the, the, the pendulum has swung, swung back a bit to, uh, to the power of the investor. Mm. So, uh, but it, that, that used to be the case when we were raising these smaller rounds. And then that Series A one, that, that, the, the most difficult one, what would you like change the approach? How would you change the approach like with that current knowledge Pull. to make it easier? I actually don't know if we, maybe we should have raised later that we had more revenues in. So, mm. um, or, and the round before we should have raised more. So we raised half a million before and we just burned to that in like seven or eight months. Damn. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> so so not, nothing changed. Maybe it's also spending less at that time, right? So uh, it could be spending less, so extending the runway to get more revenues in so that you can raise a larger round easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, and also we were doing something that wasn't really hip back then. So everybody wanted subscription revenue. So monthly recurring revenue, we were doing, um, yeah, basically transactional uh, revenues. So that means every shipment going through our platform, we would make, let's say, 50 euro cents. And it's like, yeah, Rob, this is not recurring revenues. I could show them this, these are recurring revenues. These customers are sticking around for years. And actually, these revenues grow over time. So year on year, we would make more revenues from the same customers. Um, ended up having lots of discussion about that. So our, our, our multiples were lower than a subscription uh, business, while our metrics are better than a subscription business. So... Um, you sold people to do it later, yeah? Yeah, yeah, eventually we sold it later. But I mean, today, the, the, at that time, the uh, yeah, they were like, oh, this is outside of the box. Uh, uh, oh, the normal metrics don't really apply. We don't understand how to value this. Mm -hmm. So uh, lots of investors were like, yeah, we don't know. So, um, and some did, right? For example, uh, uh, Jan Andriessen from, uh, from Hank, uh, which is a Dutch VC, he did, right? So he saw, he, he understood it, which, uh, yeah, which also helped us a lot. So we did, I think, the, the round after the, after the round for one and a half million, we did one with them, which was really good. And after that, it went uh, smoother, I would say. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first VC round, because you are still like first time founders. And yeah. Of course, with angels, it's kind of a bit easier, it's ch chill, but like yeah. when VC steps in, it's a, Things get a bit serious, it's like next level. No, we always, with the VCs we had were already chill. Mm -hmm. But also maybe because we, we, we were growing fast. So um, they were chill, they let us, they challenged us when needed, but not really, they were not really strict. They're also just people. So no suits on all of a sudden? No way, no suits, no, no, never. So, uh, but also the VCs don't wear suits. Yeah. Thank God. So, um, no, they were actually really, uh, really chilled. So that, as I said, we, we, we check the people as well. Mm. You don't want to have uh, shitty people on your cap table. Uh, we don't have those, but I mean, it can be a real pain in the ass later. That's a good one. Yeah. And did you have any shitty people? You, you, oh, if you did, uh, yeah. how did you like kind of get rid of them? Or very much. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, 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 look. You, you. We didn't have. We didn't have shitty people. We did, however, uh, at one point. Uh, um, was an early investor, mm -hmm. which kind of closed down their fund. So we did buy them out. Mm -hmm. um, so we did it in a really smart way. So let's say they invested half a million. We've said, you know what? We'll buy this, we'll buy this stuff for 800K two years later. Okay, okay, they were, they, were, they were agreeing with it because they were closing their fund, it's 40% return, why not? And at the same day, 
we sold the same package of shares, so we never lost any percent on that one for two and a half million. Damn. So it's okay. kind of free. Yeah, that was really uh, one of the best uh, the best deals. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So that's how we 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 got them out. But they were not annoying or anything. They were just closing their fund. Makes sense. Yeah. Show the numbers. Yeah. 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 And uh, SoftBank and you. How did you? How, how did that come together? So we um, after having a really great uh, uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. 130% growth or something, of course, on the back of COVID, right? Um, we're like, ah, oh, we don't necessarily need money, but the best time to get money is when you don't need money. So we said, you know what? I had many discussions with Boss about this. We need to raise money now, Boss. And Boss, no, we don't need money. Do it later. And at one point in April, I finally, he agreed with me that it's a good time to raise money. So we, gone, we set out to raise money. For the first time in our history, we used an external advisor to help us because it's a big round. I had lots of stuff going on, so I couldn't run the entire process. Boss was really busy. So uh, an investment bank from London helped us raising this round. And uh, of course, I keep in touch with lots of investors for a longer period of time. And uh, yeah, eventually they went quite smooth. So we went from like 30 people in the process all the way up to, I think uh, we had nine or 10 different term sheets in, uh, in a period of two months. Uh, so lots of uh, lots of pitches and uh, and then of course we we could choose. So we chose uh, SoftBank and our cat and SoftBank because uh, for the reasons they are nice people. They have deep pockets. They can do another investment. Their logistics and e-commerce portfolio is massive. So really interesting. El Catalan is a second fund. So SoftBank did 100, El Catalan did 50, mm-hmm. and they are really big in uh, in, be- in in e-commerce. So they have, uh, for example, their owners of Birkenstock. Their biggest uh, uh, LP, which is the investor in the fund, is the LVMH family. What leave it on all those brands. So they're basically an entrance into uh, more luxury, high-end retail for us, and uh, and also the people are really nice. So um, those two combined. Uh, we're, we're the best choice for us, of course, also the valuation and all the other stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so you also look at the portfolio as well. Yes, of course, of course, okay. of course. That's really important, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if there's a portfolio of, of uh, which is really good in e-commerce or really growing brands, which you want to get in, yeah, there's no better entrance than a VC to CEO to CEO kind of entrance. Super nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you recommend like using an external advisor then to kind of do the round? Mm. Not, not on the early stage. So um, I don't think you should use do that in the early stage. You you do need advice on if you want to close an investment. I think you can use advice from people that did it before, right? So how to run a decent process. But I wouldn't uh, wouldn't pay them for it. And also these advisors, the good ones, they don't come in for one, two, or three million because they get a percentage on the deal, right? So they come in for fifty at least, the the good ones. Um, I shouldn't say that I might insult a lot of people, but uh, well, they cut it out as well. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, um, no. But the large ones come in with larger amounts, I would say. But if you, I would do it yourself. Get advice from people who did it before. So talk to uh, to um, the people who went through a couple of funding rounds, and uh, that, that should be that should be enough in the early phases. Also, um, there's a difference between European investors and American investors. Usually, American investors find it really weak if you, in an early stage use an advisor because they think you know, the only value is the team and the team is not then presenting the business. It doesn't make sense. So I would not do it in the early phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the way up to like, uh, maybe like starting from 10 or 20 million, then you can use advisors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, where's the whole, the, where's the ambition coming from? Because unfortunately, a lot of like Dutch uh, startups, they like make a kind of big business and then they sell it off and then like want to chill out. But you like really <laughs> going for it, you know? Yeah, look, it's interesting to learn new stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and who can, who, how often can you do this? So, um, as long as I really like what I'm doing and I'm continuously learning, then I'll keep on doing it. And if, if not, then replace me, buy me out, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, also, also if I become incompetent, right? So if I become a real, uh, let's say there's a thousand people and it's a total shit show over here, then, uh, mm -hmm. then I should also be fired. <laughs> um, but no, where the ambition comes from is just, I enjoy what I do, uh, I learn a lot of new stuff. So um, then why not, uh, why not continue to try to build something which is really big? And you have your boys with you as well? Yeah, look, my so friend uh, Sabi and Boss are still good friends of mine, so they're still in here. Mm -hmm. It also makes a lot of the fun, right? So if you, I find it really hard, I wouldn't be able to do it on my own because you, you cannot share the highs, right? So maybe you did a really big deal, yeah, who you will, uh, it's, it's not the same. Oh, or, you, or the lows, right? So fuck, you're a really bad quarter, uh, shit failed, good people leave, whatever. There's nobody to share that with, and it's really tough. So I really enjoy being with, uh, with we and that are still uh, still all in, yeah. And uh, how did you handle the whole the, the growth of the company? Because it was at some point five thousand over five thousand percent growth. It's like yeah, yeah, from three people to five hundred. Yeah. So how do you handle that? You you don't actually. You you go with the flow. Mm -hmm. So you learn while growing. In all honesty, it's not like oh mm, mm, let's grow to five hundred people. Uh, yeah. No clue how to do it. Yeah. So you do your best, you, you try to hire the first leaders eventually and those will fail because you, you don't know how to, you don't know how to hire, you don't know how to manage them as well. So um, yeah, you get up and you fall down, you learn, uh, you learn by doing, you try to get some external advice here and there, wherever you can, learn, read some books and, uh, and maybe check out some podcasts or, uh, or, uh, or YouTube videos, but um, yeah, you. I, I'm very stubborn sometimes, right? So you learn through doing. Even when people tell me, uh, you shouldn't do that. It's a stupid idea." And like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try anyway. Let's see, right? Usually they're right. And uh, but then you learn. Yeah. So I, I would say just uh, just go. With, there's no such thing as oh, from from three people to five hundred, and I had it perfectly planned out and everything panned out the way I wanted. No way. Uh, the growth line is never uh, straight up. It goes with up and ups and downs. So um, yeah, so you, you just go with the flow. That's how I consider it. And you learn, you can do this because it goes quite slowly, right? Hmm. You're in this every day. So if you go from three to six, that's doable. You go from six to 12, that's doable. From hmm. 12, 24, okay. But if you go from a situation where you manage 10 people immediately into a situation where you manage 150, forget about it. You can't, you have no clue. Or at least, I don't think you, you, you can. So because we are there during the entire growth phase, you can scale with the company. Hmm. Yeah, because I think you built pretty nice culture because it's a shipping business, so it's not like something crazy, but you still like managed to like make it fun and like cool and all of that. Yeah, well, that's, that's of course also due to the, the people that are here, right? So um, I, I wouldn't say that's, uh, that's just, uh, that's just, uh, that's just me. So I think the, the, when we were really small, we already had fun, right? So uh, it's just how we, we founded the business, nice friends, we have some fun, we have a beer. And that kind of that kind of stuck around. So um, it still is the, is the case that it's quite fun. Yeah. Of course, you have lots of different people here, right? So there are, I think, 60, 65 different nationalities. Um, um, 
there are not 500 people every Friday afternoon drinks, basically, right? So there are maybe 100 or something, or 80 or 50. Um, but I, think, I believe it's really important for people to, uh, to, to have fun while they work, to work with nice people, to have a nice challenge. And um, then it's less about the money as well. So you can always get more money somewhere. And uh, you yourself, now, yeah. Uh, actually, how, how did you keep the focus as well on the core business? Because it's kind of, yeah. Or I, I didn't. Okay. So uh, yeah, of course, now I'm, I feel I'm way more focused these days than I was, but I'm, I'm, the downside I think of being an entrepreneur is that you, you see lots of opportunity. So there's, oh, there's this, well, we can also go here. And also this, ah, all of them could be really nice businesses. In some cases you overstretch. So an example of that would be our internationalization. So we went to, uh, to Belgium. Ah, Belgium is small, I, we should never have gone there. S sorry for the Belgians, but I mean, that was not smart as a first country, you need to go to a larger market. Mm -hmm. But the B post back then asked us like, ah, what you're doing in Netherlands is really nice. Can you come do that in Belgium? Well, sure, why not? So we kind of went. But then we went from Belgium to Germany before we were ready with Belgium. We went to Germany, or we went to France before we were ready with Germany and Belgium. So we kind of overstretched, and because there was everywhere else opportunities, right? And there were uh, customers asking us, carriers asking us, uh, uh, platforms like Shopify or WooCommerce asking us. So like, oh man, we need to really go fast. But then you never really go deep in any of these markets. And you don't fix the lingering issues, which kind of, uh, limit you a lot on, on achieving success in these markets. Okay. So um, yeah, that's, an, that's an, an example of how sometimes opportunism and getting to the next opportunity is, uh, I would say, uh, actually slows you down uh, to a certain degree. So I think we could have been bigger if we went slower, revenue-wise. Right. Yeah. And uh, I guess you had people to kind of, I oh, know, I guess you didn't, <laughs> to kind of stop you. No, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm stubborn, right? So yeah. it's like, uh, ah, we can do that. Don't, don't be such a negative uh, person. Uh, why? We're not a big corporate. We're mm -hmm. not going to be so slow. And um, yes, of course, I had people telling me it's not a smart idea. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Also investors like, yeah, Rob, are you sure? Very sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, and you as an entrepreneur yourself, h how do you, I guess nowadays you don't just do work 24-7, you also have other things in mind or? No, that I'm quite focused on, right? So uh, my main, my main uh, uh, thing is, is, is growing this company. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in, the, this is also maybe uh, going to sound weird, I don't really believe that you can be building a company this big and then uh, either do another company or do startup investing or do, I believe that you should do one thing really well. Of course, I have other things, right? I, have do, my, I do sports, uh, I like to mountain bike, I like to run and do whatever I like to read, barbecues and stuff, but the main thing is, is growing the business. Mm -hmm. So it's a singular singular focus, I would say. Cool. And uh, any books to recommend if you like to read? Like uh, maybe top three? Top three, full oh, hard ones. I liked, um, I think maybe one of the more recent ones I liked. I liked uh, um, No Rules Rules from, uh, from the, the guy from Netflix and Creed Hastings. Um, not, a, not everything, but I, I liked the idea of, of, this, uh, of this culture, right? So uh, freedom, responsibility, pay top of the market, you get the best people, the best people will run the business basically for you. Um, I recently read uh, um, Amp It Up, right? If you look more, it's also nice, Frank Slootman. 
it's a bit commercially written, right? So, uh, but I also enjoyed the the, the story of uh, Snowflake and, uh, and Service Now. Mm. There are actually many last books. The Hard Things About Hard Things is nice from Ben Horowitz. Some of it, some, some of it is a bit overdone, but I also like to read uh, um, the the. Uh, God damn it, I forgot the name. Amazon, the latest book about Amazon, how it got really big. Yeah. Um, I think Brad Smith wrote that. And if you ever want to raise uh, a venture funding, I think a book which you should read is Venture Deals. Mm -hmm. It just contains like the, the basics, the, all the terms. It explains to you in a really nice way how to uh, to raise funding and how not to get screwed over and uh, what, a, what a ratchet is and uh, and why not to sign that and that stuff. Yeah. Cool. So, so you're really trying to learn as much as possible still? Yeah, but also I read a lot of other stuff, right? So, uh, so uh, the, of course, there are business books, but also lots of other stuff. It's quite a broad interest. I, I recently read uh, how, how the world how the world really works from uh, God damn it, he, the guy's hard name. Robert. His last name is Smil. Huh. It's a it's a scientist, and it's about uh, uh, energy uh, dependence on fossil fuels. Uh, how how we cannot. Uh, 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 couple ourselves loose in the coming 20 years of oil and gas, uh, how food is produced. Uh, it's quite interesting. Yeah, so worth a read as well. Cool. And then uh, I guess last two things is a uh, yeah, quote you, maybe you, you have here in your head, uh, live by, and like an advice to maybe other entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah, no, but the only thing I always think if you're an entrepreneur, you should just do it, right? Go for it, try. Um, you learn once you're doing it. Don't write big business plans. Just, uh, yeah, especially in the early phases. Fuck it, what do you have to lose? True. Nothing. Time. Yeah. It's okay, yeah. Do you guys have any questions? Oh, it's good for now. Where did the name Sendcall come from? Ah, yeah. Because the first time I heard the company, I was like, is it, is it your marketing business? Good, <laughs> excellent, yeah. So we, this is also a nice one. So me and my brother, I was, we were, my brother is more or less marketing, uh, marketing guy, right? So we, uh, we were in uh, back when I was like, uh, what was it, what, 18 or something. We were like, ah, fuck, I need to name this company. I have no clue how to name it. Something with cloud. It's in the cloud, right? So hmm, hmm, hmm. ship cloud. Ah, that sounds too much like shit cloud, right? So we can't do that. People will bully us. So send, ship, parcel, whatever. We wrote down all the stuff and eventually we got like, ah, send cloud. The domain is still free. Not the .com, by the way, that was reserved, but all the, the European ones were there. We eventually bought our .com from, uh, from, a, from, a, from a guy from China who asked 200K and we negotiated it to like 20K. And to annoy us, he put like a porn site on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I remember this is actually a real, real, real story. Uh, a German investor uh, in, a, in his investment committee talking about us uh, pulled up sandcloud.com. No. So uh, that was really bad, and then he got an email from the guy saying, "I'm not investing. Uh, number one, get your .com domain. You can't have this. This is a disgrace. Change your name." That's what he said. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so then we just figured it out. And there's no like, oh, it just came to me. No, we wrote down a couple of names and we found this was the best one. Yeah. But I agree, it sounds like email marketing or SMS or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Really cool. Nice. Yeah, well, where the Germans didn't like the porn website, but okay. It really happened. <laughs> I think if you go in the Wayback Machine, you might see it. So uh, enjoy. <laughs> we'll check it out. It was a smart, it was a smart move of the guy because eventually it got really annoying, right? Yeah. It's like, God damn it, this guy just cost us an investor, right? So uh, it's like, I, I was pissed off. So we need to buy this stuff. 
and uh, eventually it's good that we did. Hilarious. Yeah. I, I really just disliked paying 20, 22k to a domain troll, right? It's like, ugh. But yeah, the, the guy probably is really happy with it. I'm sure, yeah. yeah. Nice. Cool. Yeah, cool. That, that was it. Thank Thanks you. a lot. Thanks a lot. A lot of fun.